Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. I was excited re-listening to this episode with today's guest, Michelle. She shares wisdom that we can pour into our lives today, practical insight to lean into. I am grateful to see her faith in action. She inspires me. See if you are inspired, too. We have lives that keep crossing, and that's a good thing. Michelle and I became friends when we attended the same church and had the opportunity to work on some projects together. I have long admired her faith, determination, and steadfastness. Plus, she's got a great laugh, which I'm hoping we will get to hear today. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. And yes, I'm sure I'm going to be laughing. Oh, good. Because you always make me laugh. <laughs> One of my thanks. favorite things to do. Thanks for laugh. that kind. Thanks for that kind introduction, oh. Michelle. I feel the I feel the same about you. Well, and I I could go I could go on and on. I really could. We're going to get to know you a little bit better here right now. Think of three, and there are no wrong answers. There are no wrong answers on Unabashed You. Okay, three words to describe yourself. Wow. Um, hmm. Complicated. (laughs) Um, A... I'm an introverted extrovert, so that's two words. Well, that, we, we can hyphenate that. We'll, we'll or an extroverted introvert. I can't, I, I don't know really which one. Okay, so we're going to count that as we're <laughs> gonna count that as one. Probably, yeah, probably free spirit. That's a free hyphenated spirit. word. That's not, oh, you know what? I can really see the last two, but... Um, complicated I would not that would not have been the first word that came to my mind when thinking of you at all (laughs) well I should probably replace it with something like "Mm, daughter of the king you know or or something (laughs) something that would reflect my spirituality because I would say spiritual Spiritual. I'm 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 very spiritual yes yes and we are going to get into that now I just have to follow up on the introvert, extrovert, or extrovert, introvert. So do you, you just feel equally both? I mean, you've probably taken the Myers-Briggs test. Yeah, like in Myers-Briggs, I was an ENFP years ago, you know, an extroverted, that was the E. Right. Um, because I was always very outgoing, you know, and I never thought of myself as an introvert, but now... In this stage of life, I'd say in the last five years or so, I really enjoy, I'm a homebody. I love being at home. I enjoy time by myself and with my husband. Really love walking by myself. It's fun to walk with others, but I prefer walking alone. And when I have free time on the weekend, if it can just be in solitary and nature, just at home and just... I mean, yes, I have friends I like to get together with, but I don't need to be at the party. I don't have FOMO about, you know, like <laughs> being at all the, you know, exciting parties going on. I just don't, I don't desire that anymore in my, so maybe, you know, I've changed. I've probably just changed. No, I, I, I like that. And I like that you recognize that there's a shift and that you uh, feel nurtured and energized by being by yourself. I do. And I, I love, you know, that's when I can read and listen to podcasts and, um, you know, delve into scripture. And it's just when I'm alone, I I do that. I just 
in a powerful way. I right. journal, I, you know, I, I write down what I'm grateful for. I pray and then I walk and I listen to my worship music as I walk. And so I'm just constantly just trying to be at one with God and nature and my family at home. And, and, you know, I, I treasure my friends and my quality time with them. I haven't been in a small group in quite a while. Um, I led one here at work for a little while, but uh, it's just a season. I think it's a season where I'm just not like, ah, who can I be with? Who can I, you know, right. I know who my people, I know who my people are, you know, right. it's just that I don't always have to be with them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just heard of something recently called JOMO. So we had FOMO, which is fear of missing out. And JOMO is joy of missing out. <laughs> That's my new moniker. Yes. <laughs> I have joy JOMO. 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 So the joy of, no, I didn't miss out on that at all. I quite liked sitting at home. I liked reading. I liked doing what I did. I didn't miss out on a thing. I have joy that I missed out on that. I, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's one of the scariest things you have ever done? Oh, gosh. Well, it wasn't scary to me, but when I describe it to people, they're always like, oh, my gosh, were you scared? And <laughs> it's um, probably, I mean, first comes to mind is hopping freight trains in college. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's something right out of the 30s. What do you mean hopping freight trains? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. With the hobos. Now, no. why were you hopping freight trains in college? I was. I hopped freight trains with a crew of friends that I had met in college that used to do it all the time. And we would pick the, go down to the main yard in Spokane and we would wait for the main line to Whitefish, Montana. And we had our backpacks on and our overalls and our, you know, we're all just raring to go. And we, we'd talk to the train yard guys about the next main line that was coming through. We'd wait for it. We'd hop on with an empty car in the spring, we'd get one of those open cars that's like halfway and we could wave to people in the little towns as we oh, went by. And when we got to Whitefish, we got out and went country dancing and had pizza and then danced and danced and got back on the train and rode it back. <laughs> and did your parents know this? This is so funny. Everyone always asks that. I would tell my parents that I was going to go on this train trip or that I just got back and they're like, is that safe? Are you sure that's safe? And I'd be like, yeah, it's great. They, these guys always do it and they'd be fine. Okay. So this was like a practice amongst, you know, you and your friends and the guys who were, were working the trains, they were fine with it. They're like, yeah, hop on. That's not a problem. Oh, wow. I almost they used to give us one. The guys that worked at the train yard would give us water and stuff. So they knew we were doing it. It just was so many years ago <laughs> that back then it was probably just they turned a blind eye to right. it, you know. Oh, okay. Well, so the way you describe it then, it, 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 is, it isn't scary. I mean, initially, I, I picture you with a stick and a bandana full of, you know, I don't know what, tied onto the end of it. Yeah. But it, no, it, no, it I mean, I Fine. I've done things like I've I've done scarier things to me, like driving around not knowing where I was going in downtown LA in the middle of the night back oh, in the gosh. you know when in the seventies when you didn't have cell phones and you would pull off the freeway somewhere and you just to get gas or whatever and you just knew you were not in a good place of town. Um, I've had those kinds of scary moments, but <laughs> that's scary. That is scary. All right, what's something not many people know about you, Michelle? Something not many people know. Wow. Um, let's see. Wow. Um, hmm. Well, I 
Gosh, I don't know. I'm being boring right now. What would oh. that be? Um, well, for example, I you said Spokane. Know. I didn't even know. I mean, I associate you with the LA area, so that would have been, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I guess that I have I I have a real. Um, I'm a hippie. I'm, I mean, I, I'm I'm really a hippie. I I I should have been born a little earlier, so I could have like I watched the Woodstock documentary a couple weeks ago, and I loved it. I was like, that must have been so cool, you know. <laughs> so not the drug, not the drug part, but the peace and the love and the right. flower children and but you know, I I really am a hippie at heart. Okay, you know? so the, the free spirit and then um, like that style of dress, that style of music, that appeals to you as well? Yep, yep. And just, you know, it's just the whole like, I just, I just, this morning I'm driving to work, I was thinking of Jesus loves the little children. You know, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And I just think of Woodstock as love one another and we're all brothers and sisters and we're all the same. And it was contrast to the events of the last couple of weeks that I happened to watch that. And then I saw the people starting to protest and everything. And it's like flashback. And, you know, it's just I love when people can just express themselves and and be seen and heard yes. for just who, who they are with no judgment. And that's right. what I felt about Woodstock and that whole thing, you know. Right. No, I, you're, you're speaking my language all the way. Mm-hmm. One of your top 10 movies or TV shows of all time it can be from when you were a kid. It can be recent or anywhere in between. You just like, it just has a special place in your heart. A movie or TV show. One of the top 10. It doesn't yes. have to be the first one. Oh my gosh. So, um, movies, movies most like, you know, the kind of those epic movies are like, I love Forrest Gump and Big Fish and, um, you know, I don't know. There's a few movies that I just love, but I would have to say that when I was in junior high, I would go over to my girlfriend's house every Friday night or she'd come to mine. We'd do a sleepover and we would watch, um, we would watch Partridge Family, Brady Bunch. Um, this is how old I am. And then it turned into uh, 90210 and Melrose Place, you know, as we got older. So those were kind of like, because I used to be a real like society kind of, the Melrose Place thing and the 90210 or whatever was my, I grew up in Bel Air. So Beverly Hills was my backyard and I knew that whole culture and I was always I was always kind of sucked into that, um, you know, that's part of my story is that I really, you know, succumbed to the whole L.A. scene, you know, early on of fame and popularity and fitting in and, you know, just being a cool girl. And so those two shows were like, oh, they're so cool, you know. <laughs> but I look back at Cal and I go, I can't believe I liked those shows so much, you know, because that's not important to me anymore. Right, exactly. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, I can relate to, um, well, especially Brady Bunch Partridge Family, you know, at watching those shows. And I certainly did. I, I wasn't as big on 90210, but I, I did watch Melrose Place, so... You know, there's certain shows that just, you know, sort of sweep the culture and, you know, people watch them and then it's fun to talk about it. And you had to wait a whole week for the next episode. And so there was more of an opportunity to talk about it. Now, you know, you just, if you want, you just binge the entire show and, you know, a couple sittings and there isn't necessarily someone to talk with about it. Yeah, I don't binge watch, but Jim and I do love Stephen Colbert. We watch that every single... We were news junkies, so we watch ABC Nightly News, CBS Nightly News, um, KPBS NewsHour, followed by the recording of last night's Stephen Colbert. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. See, now I know that's something I did not know about you. Okay. Okay. There you go. I'm a news junkie, though I've become one because my husband is. I never would have been that way, but I feel very more informed now, and I'm really, I love feeling informed. I have some friends that say they don't watch the news because it's so depressing, and I just say, how can you not be informed? Like, how can you not, uh, you know, know what's going on? Like, you can't, I can't shut it off. I Yes, I can shut it off when it's like the same thing over and over and over again. I just want to get it off. But I really like, you know, I like understanding all sides and what's going on in the world. And Well, and that's nice that you're open and you're getting a variety, too. And it's, it's also <laughs> really speaks to um, you wanting to share this thing that's important to Jim and you, you know. Because we, you know, we don't take yeah. on all of our significant others' hobbies or interests, but you know there are, you know, a few that it's nice if you do take them on because it means something to them. Exactly, and now my boys, I mean, they love watching these things with us. They'll even come on and watch the recording of the nightly news if they missed it. So I think they now have that same appreciation for knowledge, you know, for for understanding what's going on. Well, that's good. And, and the openness and getting more than one viewpoint. That's excellent. Who would you want to have a long lingering lunch with? Mm. Wow. That's a good one. Um, Jen Hatmaker. Ah, okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. I identify with her a lot. And have you read her latest book? I, I Not yet, but my sister. Uh, fear, fear. Yeah, something about fears. <laughs> That's all I can remember. Fears. So, my sister says it's really, really good. But I'm reading one of her older books called Interrupted right now. Okay. It's when Jesus, when Jesus wrecks your comfortable Christianity. I think that's, it's, yeah, it's really good. A friend, a friend sent it to me anonymously in the mail, but I discovered who it was. I found (laughs) out who my mystery giver was. You were you a good little detective and you figured it out? Actually uh, I did. Yeah. Cause by the time I got the third book that she sent to me over this couple week period, I'm like, I know who it is. It's it's someone I'm actually working with on something big, and she just it just relates to what we're working on. Okay, so. she sort of gave herself away in a way. Exactly. All right. Okay. Our last getting to know you question: two truths and a lie, and then I I have to guess the lie. So two truths and a lie, and I will guess the lie. Oh wow! Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, oh my gosh. I wish I was more creative about this stuff. Okay. Um, I was, I took part in the 1984 Olympics opening and closing ceremonies. Okay. Um, I was on a TV game show. Okay. And I, (laughs) and I um, make very unique spiritual crafts. Ooh, okay. This one's just, this one feels a little tricky to me, Michelle. I could see you perhaps being involved with the Olympics in some capacity, but I, in my mind, it's like okay, but was it the eighty-four or was it eighty or was it eighty-eight? So, like, I could get tripped up on the year you gave. The second one was on a TV game show. I could totally see that. 
And the third one is that you make unique spiritual like crafts or gifts. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Olympics. <laughs> oh, it's wrong. <laughs> okay. I've never been on a game show, but oh, um, my I did live in LA during the 1984 Olympics and I was a uh, I was a VIP escort for the mayor in the opening ceremonies wow. and for the commissioner that's of the Olympics fun. in the closing ceremonies. Oh, that's so fun. You know, this is the first one I've gotten wrong since I've, we've started this. <laughs> but that's okay. Stumped ya. That's okay. That's right. very good. Okay. So never on a game show. I, You know, but I could see that. Let's make a deal. I could see you, like, jumping up and down, trying to get the car or the, the, the washer and dryer or whatever it is. I could, I could see that. You could go as a hippie. You could go as a hippie. You could totally see that. <laughs> okay, so, Michelle, we're about to dive deeper into the topics that you want to cover. Before we begin, I want to be clear that this is not a Christian podcast. While I made it clear back yep. in episode one that I am, I want to be sure that all women feel invited and included, even if we don't agree on all things. With that said, if you would share things in a way that we can all understand, that would be really helpful. Does that make sense? Of course. Okay. Yes. So do you want to kind of get started or do you want me to give a little preview of what you wanted to talk about? Actually, however you'd like to do it, if you want to, like, ask me a question related to the, you know. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just going to riff on those topics because, um, you know, I didn't prepare anything. No. I just thought these are things that I, these are things I think about all the time. So. And I didn't um, want you to prepare. You know, I just these thought, are conversations. Well, I mean, we don't typically prepare for conversations. You know what I mean? I mean, this is not really an interview. It's a conversation. So I know you want yeah. to talk about the difference between purpose and calling. And that sentence alone just, I mean, I just stopped in my tracks and went, wow, I, I, I want to hear more about that. So let's start there. Okay, well. That's huge for me because, um, you know, and that I was kind of in a desert period for about five months. Um, uh, I guess it was like two years ago now, um, of just not knowing what my, ne I, I wanted to keep working and I needed to keep working, but I just didn't know where I was being led. I didn't know what it was that I was going to do. I had spent 16 years in the marketing, corporate marketing world, uh, PR, communications, special events, and then 16 years in church ministry. Wow. And I really felt like my latter part of my career in church ministry was really my calling. I really felt like I was called to help people grow uh, with one another and, you know, with other people and just spiritually, emotionally, um, mentally, just however I could help people grow and see lives transformed. It was, I was able to do that in my role at the church. It was powerful, but you know, our calling can change. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I left that role at the church and I worked for a year and a half for a nonprofit, I felt like that was like just a like a stopover to what ultimately I was going to be doing. I just really knew that God was leading me somewhere in my journey and I didn't know what it was. So I, I, I spent five months like in a dark place, like feeling like my skills were not going to translate to this world, to the new world that we live in, because it had been 16 years since I was in the corporate arena and now marketing has changed it's all digital it's all I don't know a lot about you know all of that kind of stuff like how to have a social media campaign and all that that's just not me so I was thinking how could I go back to corporate and then I was thinking how can I go back to um, a church because I really needed to be at a church that was super outward focused and where people were actively just doing stuff for, mm -hmm. you know, the world, for the kingdom, for those in need. And I, I didn't know if I'd find a church that I really wanted to work for. And then thirdly, 
if I went to a nonprofit, I just needed them to be able to pay me because <laughs> because the last nonprofit the last nonprofit I worked for, I had to raise my own support, and I realized I'm not very good at that, you know. So um, so I was really searching, and I really felt like maybe maybe there wasn't anything for me, you know. Maybe maybe I just needed to just resign to some job, some menial job where I could just you know make some money. And even though it may not be like suited to my passion or my, you know, and it, it, that was tough. That was really tough. And I was, I, I say I was in a dark place because I spent all day thinking about it. I, but at the same time, I really tried to nurture my soul and my spirit. I tried to be good to myself and course my husband was great to me and my boys and I had my friends encouraging me and I dabbled in some ideas I thought maybe I'd be a corporate chaplain for a while and I was going down that path and then I almost plunked $850 down on a professional coach that um, I found through somebody who could um, he helps people define their purpose and calling and then like where they'd be best suited in the workplace to live that out. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is what I need. I need someone to help me tell me, you know, where I fit in. And I'll put I didn't have eight hundred and fifty to spend on it. But Jim was willing to, you know, support me in that if I felt like it was something I had to do. And that very same week, I, I saw this job description for the job I have now, and I applied, and I got the position, so I kindly told <laughs> this man that I wasn't going to go through with that. But the one thing that I did learn from him really intrigued me, and that is he helps you distill your purpose and your calling down to two words each. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? And that's his whole process, you know, so he has this whole course that helps you get to that. But he did tell me that your purpose is that one thing that you offer to others that's so so unique about you. You offer other people this, and that is your purpose. And it's something edifying, you know, it's something that you offer that is something that most people need or could benefit from. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then your calling is what others receive from you when you're living on purpose. So if I'm doing my purpose really well, I'm totally on purpose, then others will be receiving something good from me. And that's my calling. So I'll say that again, purpose, the one unique (laughs) thing that you offer to others a calling what others receive from you uh-huh. when you're totally on purpose. Okay. So I, I didn't go through his whole course, of course, and I had a lot of time on my hands. So I did a lot of exercises on my own to kind of start putting words down and um, come up with what I thought mine was. So I came up with something that I really felt good about. And, um, you know, me, I'm a connector. I'm a connector through and through. I like connecting people with other people. I like connecting people with opportunities to grow. I like connecting people with books and resources and articles and, you know, podcasts and sermons and whatever websites. And I'm just constantly connecting people when they tell me they have something they're interested in or someone they want to meet and I happen to know someone that knows someone I'm on it you know it's just something I'm good at then so my two-word purpose I came up with was meaningful connections Mm. I want to make meaningful connections for people and that's my purpose in life is to make meaningful connections so my calling when I'm totally living on purpose making really effective productive um, empowering connections, then I'm igniting transformation. Oh my gosh. And I, <laughs> this is so good. And I'm, but, I, yeah, I'm, but I'm also torn with igniting transformation or fostering growth, which isn't as powerful as igniting transformation. So I'd like to stick with igniting transformation, but, um, I, sometimes it's just fostering growth in someone. So but when you I'm still working on that. Transformation, you are fostering growth. I think it's folded in. Yes. How can, how can true, you transform true. without growing? It, to me, it, 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 one goes with the other, and, and you're right. Trans, 
igniting transformation is 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 more powerful and has more impact and intentionality. I, I think the growing is goes, yeah it goes with it. Yeah. Okay. So the igniting too, it doesn't mean that I'm causing trans or it doesn't mean that I'm yeah causing it. I'm igniting. It's like yes. a little spark, spark, you know, that, that might lead them to something else, which leads to something else, which, you know? Um, so anyway, that was really empowering to me to kind of just know that. And, and then in my interview process, um, I was able to use that when they asked me about what do you feel you're called to do in life. And, and I would explain that. And it made so much sense to those I talked to about it. So, you know, I think everyone's trying to find their purpose. And I, and I think, you know, like whether you're a mom who stays home with kids or you're, you know, someone who's unemployed or you're, um, you know, you're a homeless person living on the streets, you know, God created us all with a unique purpose. And, you know, some of us just haven't discovered it yet. But that's my, my heart desire is to help people discover, you know, that they have a purpose, a unique purpose in this world um, to, to benefit others, you know, to, or to move something forward, or to, cause something to happen or to create or to, uh, you know, see what I'm saying? I mean, there, it's, it's, there's something that you were made to do. And I just love that there are people that actually have profession to help people do that. But I like the idea of distilling it down to two words because then it's just like you do a lot of work to get to those two words, you know? Well, it's very, um, it's very simplified and yet it's packed with a lot of power and it's so intentional once you get it down to those two words. I mean, I'm so excited by hearing this in my head. I'm thinking, okay, Michelle and I are going to have a workshop and we're going to introduce, you know, we're going to workshop this and we're going to invite, um, you know, we just recently had an episode with a young woman who, is uh, 31 and she's, she's concerned, you know, do I have a seat at the table? I'm not married. I don't have kids. How do I fit in? And you know, like she needs, she needs to be poured into. And so my wheels are spinning. Mm. Now you're talking about this and now my wheels are like, like they're on warp speed. I mean, they're just like, you know, wow. Like completely going around. So this is exciting. I love this. Love, 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 love this. Okay. Good. Yes. Love then it. the next thing that that the next thing it kind of dovetails into is just um, the purpose of humankind. You know, the purpose of God creating people. You know, um, and I I feel like the purpose for us living on this earth for everyone, um, every human being is to know and be known, to love and be loved, and to be blessed and to bless. Mm-hmm. And um been doing a lot of thinking about that too. Um, I think that to know and be known, like when you know who you are, when you know who you are and how you're wired and what you were made to do, and, you know, and you just know that you know that you know that this is this is who you are. This is something that I've come to learn. Not only do you then have a voice that you're confident in, you know, putting out in the world, because I have I have just recently felt like I've I'm finally living into my voice. You know, like I'm finally unabashedly um, you know, <laughs> feeling like I can share what I deeply feel without judgment because I'm so confident in who I am, you know? So, so getting to that point is, is takes a while, but to know, and then to be known is just to be known and heard and seen and understood. Mm -hmm. And I think of the population that we serve here in my, my job at, I'll just say, I work at the San Diego rescue mission. And so what we're trying to do in moving and changing the state of homelessness in San Diego is just 
developing ways to help people feel like they're seen and they're heard and they're loved and they're, they're understood. And that, 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 um, once they feel that, then they can like get rid of all the lies they've been telling themselves or that other people have told them their whole life. And they can actually like move forward into their purpose, you know? So that's to know and be known to love and be loved is just, gosh, it just is the greatest commandment, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself is the latter part of that, you know, love God, love your, love your neighbor as yourself. And so many people get tripped up on who is my neighbor, but you know, we are called to love and, and then we need to be loved. Everyone needs to be loved. And Mm -hmm. some people have never experienced love Mm -hmm. and it's, that's like probably the biggest tragedy in our world today is that there are many, you know, people that just don't, don't feel that, don't feel loved. And then to be blessed and to bless, you know, like we all, I don't believe in the word luck. Um, it, it all, it almost kind of makes me cringe. I I hate to say it, but I really feel like, Mm -hmm. I (laughs) I really feel like, um, we are all, um, you know, recipients of God's grace and mercy and blessing in our lives that nothing that we have, we haven't done anything really in our own power. Like there's, we're so limited in our flesh and what we're able to do to accomplish anything. It's all by, you know, a supernatural strength that comes from above. That's what I believe. And I won't go too far into that, but so we all um, were created to be blessed, but then to bless because it starts with gratitude, you know, so grateful for all the blessings that I have now show me how I can extend these to others, you know, what I've been given to others. And that's like, you know, stewardship. That's just the basic thing is, you know, everything I have, in this world comes from God and everything that I have to give is his to begin with, you know? So we got to learn how to bless others and we, and, and it has to, you know, I mean, it just really should flow naturally out of that gratitude that you feel for being blessed, you know? So that's my second little tidbit. I love it. I love it. Have you considered writing a book? Uh, I've had, I've had a few people mention that recently. Um, and I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to whatever, whatever doors open. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts and that's why I said complicated is because, um, I used to be more like, just what you see is what you get face value and da, 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 da. but now I'm feeling like um, these thoughts just keep coming on deep topics and I, and I feel passionate about them. So maybe that's, maybe I'm headed. I, I did a really neat thing um, for the first three weeks that our office was shut down and we were all working from home. Our CEO asked me to do a morning devotional and I wrote one every morning, which took a while, but I sent it out to our entire staff, a hundred people. And each day it was like a story from my own life and just kind of a principle to live by, you know, and just kind of encouragement for the day. And it was just really cool how some of these employees I've never even met would like comment and say, oh, that just touched me today. I've been, you know, feeling uh, such and such or this or that. And it, it really, you know, made me feel great that that somebody was getting something out of what I was putting out there. So that, that was affirming, you know, um, and, and my, the CEO's like, we should package up all those and put them in a little devotional, you know? And I thought, (laughs) but I love doing that kind of stuff. So who knows if a, if a book, I tell you, though, I do have, I mean, my story, you know me. I mean, I was a preacher's daughter who was wayward. (laughs) Our CEO, who's actually a good friend, too, he's always joking, saying, I can't even imagine that you were once, you know, a prodigal daughter, you know, a a rebellious 
teenager. And I said, I was, I was very rebellious. <laughs> I, you know, so, I, you know, my story goes back to the days when I was, you know, living in LA and kind of that fast pace and, you know, trying to fit in by, and giving in to peer pressure in a lot of different areas and just kind of going down the wrong path. And, um, you know, it's part of my story today, but it, uh, you know, nothing I would ever want to repeat, but it was sure fun at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, but look at how you were able to turn around and look at, you know, what you did go through and how it helped. God used it to form you and shape yeah. you into the woman yes. you know, we see here today. You have a lot of wisdom yes. to share yes. with the rest of us, and, and that's very evident in everything you've said. I'm, I'm very excited about potentially collaborating in the future and then also, you know, getting your episode out there so that it can, it can be a blessing to, to women so that they can, you know, be inspired by your words and, and contemplate, Oh my gosh, what is the difference between purpose and calling? What are mine? And, and spending time, spending time with, you know, yourself and God leading to come up with, what absolutely feels like the right two words for each of those. I'm going to do it myself. I'm really and I think excited. it'd be a fun, it's a fun thing to do with friends. Like, I mean, I'm also really into the Enneagram and I love doing that too, but I think it's, uh, I have a friend who's an Enneagram coach and she's now helping people with that. Cause there's so much to learn from that as well. Um, but I think uh, a lot of, you know, it helps to be with friends too and have them tell you, Oh, you're so good at this. Oh, you're so, this is you, you do this so well. And then you start, you know, kind of noodling on those things first or what, or, or what your husband says about you, the things that he thinks you're really, you know, I think you need to hear different voices mm -hmm. speaking into you too, because some, sometimes we don't see what others see. Right. And, um, that's important to, See it from another person's point of view. And what number are you? I am a nine, um, which which is shocking to some people because they think I'm a seven, but I'm definitely not a seven. But I'm a nine with I think an eight wing. And what's what's um, nine again? Remind so me, what nine is peacemaker. Well, that fits peacemaker. The that fits the hippie thing all the way. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And the, and the avoiding conflict, that's me. And um, also like the, uh, uh, well, you know, our, our uh, deadly sin or whatever is sloth. And it's not that I'm lazy, but I can while away the hours doing nothing and then go, what did I just do? I didn't get anything done, <laughs> you know, like on a weekend or something like uh, there's certain things. And, and then I'm, I'm, uh, you know, comfortable in a lot of different settings. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I like bringing people together and, um, you know, I like getting everybody on the same page with an idea. Those are the things that energize me, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, with that comes things that you need to work on too. And, um, I want to be able to have healthy conflict in my life and not run from it. Mm -hmm. So, um, not with what, not withdraw, but face it head on. Right. There's certain things about not, there's certain things about the nine characteristic though, that I am not. And so it's, it's one of those struggles to like really live into my, um, number. I need to do a little more studying on it too, but yeah. And then, I think I'm a challenger wing because I do, I do, that's the eight because, um, that's the justice side of me that, mm. um, you know, I, I really need justice or I need, I, I fight for justice, mm. you know, um, fairness, equality, mm. you know, equity, justice. It's, it's one of those things that just makes my blood boil when I see it. And it, or when I see it unaddressed, or right. when I see it fall 
fall through the cracks. But then the perfectionist side of me, that's the one I have a hard time delegating sometimes because I want it done my way. And, you know, I think my way is the best way. And so (laughs) when I, uh, it's a little difficult sometimes to let other people do the work for me because I don't want to correct it. You know, I, but I, I'm, I'm learning that part of it. So I really think I'm a nine with an eight wing, but enough on that. Some people get bored. They don't know what we're talking about. What number are you? I, you know, I just took the the quick one, and I uh, I am a one, and uh, I, I think was it seven seven observer uh, perfectionist and observer. See, okay, I could see you as a seven. I could see you as a three, which is an achiever. Um, but we're not supposed to, you're not supposed to tell other people what you think they are. Okay. That, <laughs> so, I have heard that. So I have heard that. Just no, no, but we're, we're friends. We can do that. So I, I want yeah. to actually, you know, kind of delve into that a little more since I shared it with, uh, Ron, my husband, he, uh, what I am, he, it's opened his eyes. He's like, Oh my gosh, I, I just, this helps me understand you so much more. And it was like a five minute conversation. It took me five minutes to take because I took the super fast one. I shared it with him in five minutes and it's like rocked his world. So I said, well, now I want you to do it because I want to better understand you. So yeah, it's, it's very helpful. And I think, I don't know if this is going to be controversial saying this. I just, I think we need to be careful not to make it the, have it be the end all be all. You know, I think if we keep it in a tool area, I think it's it's really good. Does that make sense? You're, yes, yes. You were breaking up a little bit there. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. I was saying anyway. that I, I think it's a really good tool, and I think we have to be careful to keep it in the tool category and not, yeah. Yeah, and not have it become too much. Uh, yes. Have yes. it be the end-all, be-all. That's, that's all I'm saying. Right. And you can't, you can't say, that's, yeah, you can't say, well, that's just not me because I'm a three. So I'm never going to do that or whatever. You right. can't, yeah, you can't wear it like your identity label. And right. yeah, exactly. Right. We keep it in the tool lane. Michelle, I've learned so much about you and from you today, and I've been thoroughly inspired, and I know every woman that hears your episode, once I get it out there, will feel the same way. I I am so blessed to know you and have done prior projects with you. Perhaps there are some future projects coming up that we can collaborate on. I'm sort of excited by a lot of the things that you had to talk about, and we can chat about that more mm-hmm. later, but you know, I too am, yes. you know, kind of leaning into what I feel God has been putting on my heart for a long time, which is, you know, women in particular and women. Well, a lot of what you talked about, Michelle, you know, being who you are and being unapologetic about it. And, and by that I'm talking about confidence, not arrogance. This is not an arrogant thing. This is a, this is who you are and you don't yes. have to be sorry for it. And you need to know that you're worthwhile. Yes. You need to know that you can be wise and you need to yes. have fun. That's, you know, basically what it's another, about. another great word for that. I'm sorry to interrupt no, no, no. you, but um, is self-awareness. I think we just need a lot more self-awareness, um, which is the basis. If you're going to, have humility and if you're going to be able to show kindness to others and if you're able to really love one another you have to have self-awareness which is you know who are you and you know where are you lacking and where are you um you know it's kind of that emotional intelligence piece that a lot of people don't pay much attention to and i think that is crippling um crippling them when they don't take a look inward, you know, well, start how, everything. How can we do for others externally when we haven't done, done the work first ourselves? I, I guess is my question. It's, you know, goes back to the, the, 
the oxygen mask thing on the the uh, airplane. You know, you've you've got, you've got to love yourself. You've got to kind of know who you are. All those things you talked about. I just I can't wait to re-listen to this episode and take some notes and really delve into some of this myself, Michelle. Thank you. What a blessing you are. This has been a well, pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I don't. Yeah, it was really fun. I'm I so miss you. you enjoyed it. Oh, good. That makes me happy. That makes me very happy. All right, uh-huh. well, I'll let you know when it's all put together, and you'll be the first one I let know. And then I'll put it out there. Oh. Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Thanks for doing so this. Much. I'm really proud of you and happy for your new adventure. Thank you. I am, too. Love you. Love you, girl. Love Bye-bye. Bye. There's something very energizing about everything that Michelle had to say. I know I, for one, want to spend some time distilling my purpose and my calling. And I also want to really ponder her phrases to know and to be known, to love and to be loved, to bless and to be blessed. And see how that fits in my life and how I am living up to that. Great job, Michelle. Thank you for being our guest today. We're excellent and we learned so much from you. And now our blessing Oh, gracious Father, thank you for this promise to fill our hearts with your love. Thank you for your powerful grace given through your spirit that enables me both to receive your love and to love others as Jesus did. May my life reflect this powerful gift in both good times and hard times. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Ladies, you know where to find us, unabashedyou.com or email unabashedyou at gmail.com. Now go, be unabashed, be you.